1: Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men Podcast. We are here to talk Liverpool with a nice little sprinkling of Euro stuff as well because I think it's relevant. Um, I'm Paul Machin. Chris Pajak is here with me. We've got Ben Kelly and John Machin as well on the show today. Uh, our kickoff question comes from Ian Bolts. Um, we'll come to that in a second. We're going to be discussing. Uh, for those of you who want to uh, just want to skip ahead, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> this after the fact um, that we're going to be discussing uh, Nico Williams and our positive. He wants to press for a move away from Liverpool after the Euros and what that means. Uh, the problems with shopping at major tournaments and Liverpool can exploit that to their benefit. And a little bit about uh, a bit more about the, the captain, the wonderful man himself, Jordan Henderson, later on as well. Uh, but yes, the kickoff question from son of a teacher man, uh, Ian Bolt says: um, Given the fume over Rafa and the Ev. Which former rival manager would you have been okay with as our manager afterwards in their prime? Brackets, in their prime still, Chris.
2: Right, I'm gonna to need to put a little bit of context around it because Are you going to say
1: Alex Ferguson. No,
2: because <coughs> <laughs> I think he was past his prime when he left them anyway. Okay. Um, it would have been Jose Mourinho for me. Yeah, but well before we saw what happened to Jose Mourinho. So obviously in the prime, but also. I would never have gone from Klopp to Mourinho. It would have always a, a choice that I would have made before I'd seen Jürgen Klopp as Liverpool manager. Because up until that point, we were just perennial losers, weren't we, essentially? <laughs> and we'd never really gone and won things. Whereas even now, I wouldn't go from Jürgen Klopp to Prime Mourinho. I, yeah. I'd rather just keep with Jürgen Klopp, yeah. you know what I mean? So, but, but before Jürgen Klopp, I would have gone Jose Mourinho.
1: That's an interesting choice. Yeah, very much. I mean, it's, it's mine because he was very much in the running, Prior to you know, with the, the time when Benitez come in as well, like but yeah, now we know he's a class A gobshite as well. I, although I must admit, I find him. I'd love i p I'd love to go for a, a pint I'd with be Jose Mourinho. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fascinating. Uh, ben, <laughs> who's your rival manager? Uh, who I, I, you would have I'm
3: in I'm with. in the same boat. I assume that I, I thought we were picking a moment in time to then pick that manager to come in. So I'd I'd have Jose Mourinho instead of Roy Hodgson in two thousand eleven. That's when I'd pick a prime Jose Mourinho to come into Liverpool. Right, um right. I quite I I quite like Jose Mourinho. I know he can be a little bit hot-headed, and you know he, he has his moments <laughs> where he's a little bit of an arsehole. But I, um, I overall, I I think he's a really interesting guy to listen to. He's a really nice guy off the pitch. I know that, um, and yeah, I think arguably, you know, one of the most successful. I say arguably, definitely one of the most successful managers in my. Generation, you know, growing up, it was Jose Mourinho at Chelsea, and you know, if if Liverpool were gonna go for a manager at any point, I wouldn't have him now. You know, if he, if we were offering me a 2010 Jose Mourinho now and the style of play, you know, you think about the way he played it into Milan and the Champions League semi final against Barcelona, where you know he's putting ten men behind the ball and he's shit out in a, a win that way. Um, I don't know if I'd swap that over the way Jurgen Klopp played, but it was definitely better than the way Roy Hodgson played. So I'd have yeah. him at that point, yeah.
4: Yeah, but
1: Barry Roy, Barry the same as Roy Hodgson, except he won big, big. He, he is, is, yeah. the, is, is the difference? Dad, did you go for?
4: Yeah, sorry, being boring, but it would have been Jose Mourinho. <laughs> um, it's a lot um, of,
1: more casual it, love, love for mean, Jose Mourinho he, than I expected. He out
4: to be a horrible, you know, person and manager, but. That's probably the, the experience, and if he'd come to Liverpool, he may well have turned out to be different. You're right. He's um, had his heart broken. He's yeah. had his heart broken too many times. I've hated his gut since the moment he came to Anfield and had his team coached to waste time from the very first second. Uh, I've never I've never seen anything so horrendous in my life that anyone could stoop that low. Um so I've hated him ever since. But before that, you know, I always thought, you know, he is a winner and that's what Liverpool needed because we just didn't win anything. So he was perfect for us at one point in time. But, you know, certainly not now.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, it's an interesting point. that. If people watching, let me know yours in the comments because I agree with that. The Menino stuff, I mean, you're talking about 13-14, the running where Chelsea had no, their title challenge was done. And they decided. He just decided to just, just spoil ours Just spoil because that's how Mourinho, Mourinho had become by that by that point the 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 great spoiler. Um, but no, I, I think that's a reasonable shout. Did you come for? <laughs> I, I I say I'm at a point in my life now where and it we'll, actually we'll do a little bit on the on the uh, stuff after the break because we've not really discussed it on anything. But um, I'm not asked for the rivalry stuff anymore. I mean, as long as someone's a a like a fit and so like the Alex Ferguson I was I was part of joking, but like if you could if you could if you could have snatched the prime Alex Ferguson, there's no way that we wouldn't have Liverpool fans wouldn't have bought into Fergie the same way that United fans bought into Fergie if he'd been Liverpool manager and, and not ours. This idea of like it just a lot of I think a lot of fume stems from a place of when you've said lots of things and then you have to backtrack or you have to live in a world where you've said really horrible things about someone and then all of a sudden you've got to find a way to like them and it's more about you feeling bad than it is about anything else but to be honest the, the the simple answer probably is most recent man- managers definitely you know, I'm shocked
2: that no one's gone Guardiola to be honest with you I mean he, he's yeah, he's one of the best managers of all time. I don't think in- of him that way. It's weird. I, I, I like he doesn't enter
1: into my, you know, anything about ri- rivalries, and he should do, but I don't. It's weird. Old Spurs, Spurs as well. City don't, in, don't, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's not true for everyone else, but they don't engage my brain in that same. Way of things. It's, weird. It's, mad, it's
2: mad because, like, for the last three years, you know that there's a historical rivalry with Man United, but there was no three years back to back of us going toe to toe with Manchester United yeah. in the Premier League era, yeah. and yet yeah. we've had that with Manchester City every season for the last three. You know what I mean? And 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 yet I'm in the same boat. I didn't pick Guardiola, mm-hmm. and yet probably a better manager than Oji Mourinho was. Yeah. <laughs> just surprising that none of us did yeah no, very interesting stuff uh, let us know in the comments
1: um right yes we are going to be talking we'll talk a little bit about the rafa to the F stuff because I think it's it, again I think it's actually just hilarious uh, but we are going to take a very uh, short break but we uh, we are <laughs> we've got a great little clip here from the whole DL show this week uh, Chris and I've been regular contributors to the super six YouTube channel uh, at the back end of the season the boys are over there talking a little bit about England go over there and check it out
5: reason I know you wanted to ask that question, Flav. Why did I choose Belgium? I'll answer it, no problem. Is it because they're are... number one in the world? Well, that's one of the reasons. Thanks, Flav. You've <laughs> done my job for me. But look, they're number one in the world for a reason. That means they, they've got the best record over the last couple of years. That, that's the long and short of it. Look, the Euro qualifying record, they had near perfect. They won 10 out of 10. They've absolutely hammered teams for fun. But more importantly tournament experience because they actually had a really, really good run over the last um, couple of years and the players that they have at the moment are actually playing, besides Eden Hazard who's now of course coming back to form and looking a lot fitter than he did before but he, they've got players like Lukaku and of course Kevin De Bruyne who's at their best Mama. at the moment and that's ultimately going to be the factor who's actually going to show up when it matters who's going to have a back line that can withstand a lot of pressure, they have that Jan Vertonghen, they have Denea, who's actually been, I think besides one or two players, many people say the best um, defender in league last season, which is incredible. Obviously, the midfield is packed and stacked, and they have a goalkeeper that won the Golden Gloves 2018 in the World Cup. So that's Thibaut Courtois, who... who had a bit of a shaky time in club level but for his country has been incredible so l- let's be honest look belgium need to prove it in world level they haven't done it yet they are the only one of the big sides that haven't really done that yet of course besides England. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Belgium y- are going to do it in the next couple of uh, weeks. You're going to see
1: that. Yeah, go and check out the whole the L show over on the Super Six YouTube channel. Head over there, drop a like, leave a little comment, reaction to what they're discussing, and
2: say that the Red Men sent you as well. It was a good show this week. I watched it. I couldn't tell you what they all wanted. Um, they seem to change their mind quite often. And I know Flav very much do. in the England. Yeah. In the England camp, he still thinks football's coming home. Um, yeah. Fair play it's home, to him. It's home, they're playing games at
1: Wembley and the Euros, <laughs> just enjoy it. <laughs> Fucking hell. If you want more. I quote I quote the great Ian Rush and he took and years ago when he spoke about the England thing. And he's like, Why do England fans get so wound up? And why do they get like, with the few, they the and the sack managers when they don't win things? England are seeded to get to the semi finals of Euros and the quarters of World Cups. And if they if they ever manage to get if they do that, then they've that, that's like they're doing the job. If they manage to get beyond it, then it's exce- then it's exceptional. But that's what England are meant are meant to do. Um, so yeah, I do find it a bit a bit all a bit mad. I um, think they get
2: annoyed because they get knocked out by like Croatia when In Croatia when go to World Cup finals instead of them someone
1: England player makes a villain of themselves there's some sort of dodgy refereeing decision and so uh, someone gets yeah well yawn Ronaldo, um, Ronaldo. yeah whatever the um, couple of comments um, before we move on um, we've got uh, Jason Yardison just tested positive for COVID cheers for sorting me out with the podcast gents all the best no problem Jason hope you feel better soon Don't you feel better mate um, does, he, does I want... he
4: think it's going to last 10 days what does he think the podcast going to last? 10? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah! He's going to draw it
1: out. He's going to do a minute a day. Uh... I thought John had gone pure COVID scam then. <laughs> <laughs> There's a turn on for the book. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, revelation out of nowhere. Um... <laughs> And I want to give a special award. We've never done this before. We want to give a special award to Football Watch Along for, but asking and answering a question in the same sentence. It says, I know the COVID situation has hit every football club financially. But why is Liverpool scared to spend big? Um, right, we're going to move on. Um, we're going to talk Rafa Benitez. <laughs> and, and the, the question, uh, you, you, or the answer, that Chris raised is that I mean, like Rafa would be a good answer to the question because he's now you know he's managed managed Chelsea. managed Chelsea and Napoli, but rivalries with both of those clubs. Um, I have dined on the on the Everton fume for this for a few days last week, Chris. I think it's been absolutely delicious in the absence of proper Liverpool and proper football and all that kind of stuff. Just the, I mean, there's lots of people who've been quite negative around it and very staunch. Like, oh, I could never see Rafa manage Everton to this case, blah, blah, blah. I think actually I've been surprised how much that's been in the minority in some regards. What I, I quite, I just like the fact that it's been overwhelming. I love Rafa. I don't want him as Liverpool manager again. Um, I wish him all the best if he wants to go to Everton and stay local and all that kind of stuff. Then great. I genuinely, sorry, they're cutting the grass outside. They are genuinely, uh, yeah, I love the fact that it's been well more welcomed by Liverpool fans who should be fuming, and not by Everton fans who should be made up that a European Cup winning manager wants to manage their team, Uh, but instead they're writing. Offensive banners on bedsheets, which is also fucking hilarious
2: because it's something they give us loads of stick for. Um, it's just been delicious the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they've had they've had a European Cup winning manager recently. That's the, I think <laughs> part of the problem, isn't it? What I think that for me anyway, I, I can only talk for myself on this, is the fact that because Rafa won the European Cup for us, there is a lot of people, and I, I'm in quite a few groups on Facebook and stuff where there has been a lot of kickoffs about it. And you see, I looked at the replies and most of the people were going, it's fine. Like, I'm actually happy that he liked the city and the people so much... That he's always, his family have always lived there. Like he's never moved them away. That tells you more about the city than anything else. So I'm kind of pr- more proud that he wanted to stay around because he loves the people in the city, because I'm proud of the people in the city. Yeah. And it's boss that someone from Spain can get onto that mm-hmm. and decide that that's where they want to be forever and, and raise their children. And listen, he'd have taken the Tramir job to stay at home. Like, you know what I mean? I it said this if Tramir were
1: in the championship, if Tramir were a mid table <laughs> championship side, I've no doubt Rafa would have, would have, would have a punted at them at some point in his career he might yet
2: I also think that like it would have turned sour Benitez side like I genuinely think after six months he'd have just gone he's a fucking weird and walked out <laughs> like what's this about why, why can't I have red baubles on my Christmas tree? it's the colours of Christmas it's yeah. not if I had Liverpool branded baubles have a go at me Chris, but it's Chris, fucking red and Chris, gold
1: Chris they do the Santa Dash which is an annual race held in I Liverpool know. For people, to do, it's like a it's a it's like you know it's a fun run where people dress as Father Christmas and Evertonians wear blue Father Christmas hats and suits. They have to get specially made blue Father Christmas stuff to to run a fun to run a charity fun run. You're right.
3: It's weird. It's One weird. time, what? Well- one time what? I was filming outside of Goodison for uni, I was doing a story about the new ground, and I had red Adidas shoes on, and an Everton fan refused to speak to me because I had red Adidas shoes on. That's that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, do you, do you mind? Do you mind to, I'm just doing a piece on the on the new ground. Do you, do you, have you got 30 seconds? He went, you were Red, you, you've got red shoes on. And I went, yeah. And he went, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> you gave yourself away, <laughs> mate. That's the thing. No
1: I know, no, but what, I thought, no Evertonian yeah. would ever be would ever wear red shoes. So... <laughs> It was like a slap in the face.
4: No, but
3: I, it wasn't anything mean. I was just—it was—it was a news report. It wasn't like I was laughing at them. But yeah, it needs um, to be um, needs to, be, needs to learn really bipartisanship,
1: Ben. If you want to be a journalist, yeah. you've
3: got to be more. That was—that was, that was <laughs> when it really hit home for me. Just how how how, how mad it is. Just, there's As loads of.
2: There's loads of clubs in the country or cities in the country that have a team with red and blue, like the Chelsea fans do the same. They go around in blue Santa outfits and put blue baubles on the trees. The Man City fans, like pop, pop
1: Man City <laughs> fans, probably because they're fucking weirdos as well, um, not in a general sense. Um, but like, but loads of other clubs have it. Is like their away kits and that don't they? So like Rangers wear blue, but then they have they always have red away kits and Chelsea. have had red away kits and stuff like that. So, but it's mad how. I wonder whether the cities where they have—that's why I said Manchester Man- Man- Man might be one of the rare examples. Maybe Newcastle as well. I don't know. Like, do they got? Do they see anything red and white striped? Do they see deck chairs? Do they flip out? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> they see like they can't sit on red and white deck chairs at the beach um, because it's a major major issue. I really don't know. Go on, Dad. What's your thoughts on the on the Rafa stuff? I, I
4: sort of have a feel like it's him coming home to retire you know, yeah. he's coming home to where he lives to be with his family and he's um, found himself a little job round the corner. Is that like you dogs? Know, the dogs
1: uh, come home to die? Is that what was it was,
4: a cat? It's like my brother always said, oh, when I retire, I'll, I'll be a postman. He never he never did do that, but I mean, that's what he used to say. <laughs> and um, I can imagine you know, it's like that for Rafa, you know, I still want to do a bit of football, so you know, I think heaven can do that, don't they? <clears> Part-time. And, you know, talking about Tramia, yeah, I can see him doing that too. You know, in his dotage, thinking, I'll, go, I'll just pop round there, help them out for a bit, you know, get them promotion, and uh, before I pack it in all together. Why
2: haven't you given me 30 million to spend Tramia? So yeah. You yeah. knobheads. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them. Yeah. <him. laughs> yeah, call Mark a pre- uh, Why uh, do
4: fucking. you give company? me a lampshade instead of a left <laughs> um, It's I don't know, it's... um I, I, I don't I think we you know whatever he wants to do, he deserves it, you know. Yeah. He he's he his whole life um earning money to to keep his family. Um by and he's been all over the world and he's been away from them lots of times. So, you know, he's now got an opportunity to, to, to be able to sleep in his own bed every night. Well fine. I'm yeah. fine with that. I understand why Evertonians aren't and uh, you know, in their circumstances I'd probably be livid as well, but you know, i would be like Chelsea. I mean, they hated his guts from the moment he walked in until the day he left. And he still, he won them a, a UEFA Cup. Yeah. And they still hated his guts. But, you know, if Everton get a cup out of him, then
1: why, why not? I, the one thing I, that, that gets me on this is that, and it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, but there's something that, with, with when Ancelotti came in, having Klopp and Ancelotti in the city, I think had the potential, I think COVID totally undermined this to kind of bridge the gap between the clubs a little bit. And obviously in terms of football in terms, but also in terms of just a little bit of... Mutual respect, which I think has gone, has just gotten lost over the years. And having someone like, and again, it, this would require Evertonians to buy into Rafa, which I'm not sure is possible. But the fact that Rafa has a respect for for Liverpool, Klopp has a respect for Everton. I know you wouldn't think it in some of the team selections he's put out against them, but the you know he's not he he, he has banter with Evertonians in the city. You see it with Klopp. He, he just loves the loves the people. Rafa has a bit of that, and there'll be something too. To a the perfect man to kind of bridge the gap of Rafa because he's so well beloved by us. If he was at the top of his game, I think we probably have more problems with it. So we're a bit more forgiving. But if he was to go over and win a trophy with Everton and conduct himself with some dignity in doing it, the the harsh edge. Between the two
2: clubs might just get filed down a bit, which I don't think, but I think could benefit the city. It might, it might do. I mean, my my thing is, I d- I don't think it's professionally the right move for Rafa, to be honest. I think from the outside looking in, it looks like it's Marcel Brands sort of baby at the moment and he's the one who decides who it is and I think Rafa would probably want a little bit more control or the Rafa that I knew would want more control anyway, he may have doled himself over the years and not be so sort of aggressive with it and stuff but he always picks terrible owners of football clubs mm. so the fact that he's talking to Everton says to me you've got a terrible owner because he's been to Newcastle, he's been to Inter Milan, he's been to Real Madrid, he's been to Chelsea they're all the worst owners of football clubs, to get rid of managers for all kinds of stuff I just think the relationship didn't wouldn't really have a chance to bloom as where he wouldn't be there long enough I don't think and could you imagine them losing a derby against us like and how the fans would feel about that yeah. that would be like atrocious for them like you'd almost have to put duncan in charge for two games a year just <laughs> to get the fans on side with you yeah
1: yeah take it- yourself
2: out of the equation
1: yeah, the, the, the Rafa Benitez, Agent Rafa Benitez Christmas sweatshirts and red men this year are going to be absolutely <laughs> fucking spectacular if that happens. Uh, yeah, I just think it's interesting because it's not gone away, you know, um, Ben. There was, you know, it reared, it, it reared its head. It looked very much set to happen last week. Then you had Keys and grey just fuming all over the place, which is just hilarious. Hilarious to the last, like, you know, trying to say Rafa's like, past it and past his best coming from them too is just just genuinely amazing. It's like fossils getting angry at like, you know, a really old dog or something, you know, it's like, mate, you know, you are literally millions of years, billions of years out of date yourself. Um but it's not going away. You know, it's be it's come back again. They haven't got anyone the spares stuff has almost taken everyone's attention away from this, I think, because bears are just I, I seem to have a bit more media glare on them. They're both doing this dreadfully in the manager hunt.
3: Yeah, but, um, it's it's terrible. I mean, Spurs in particular. I, I, I think obviously, you know, I, the term Spursy has never really reigned so true. It's just it's just ridiculous that the way that they that they've been doing it, the whole Gattuso thing and the way that he, they were in talks with him and then this Roma manager that they've they've not been able to get hold of and, and all of this it must be i, I think I think it is apparently down to the owners i don't think anybody wants to work with Daniel Levy in particular and, and uh, Tottenham itself is a sinking ship at the moment if if Harry Kane you know wants it wants the way out and all of that but from from Everson's perspective i think it's a massive job and that's part of the problem because i know that Steven Gerrard was linked at first which obviously you know we would have been in a, having a similar conversation than we are now but it's it's too big of a job for Steven Gerrard. There's just so much to do at Everton to get the fans on side, to get the right players in, to you know get that monkey off the back with the trophy and stuff. And I, I and I think, you know, I think from a, a profe- from a Everton standpoint, I think Rafa Benitez is a good choice. But I agree with Chris where it's a poison chalice for somebody like Rafa Benitez and the history that he's got, and I don't think he'd be allowed the time. To do whatever to need him to do. If it was the exact same, if you were if you were talking about a manager with the exact same credentials as Rafa Benitez, except for the Liverpool thing, all these top clubs he's managed, all the trophies he's won, he, he would be the perfect fit for Everton because he knows how to win things, and he'd come in, and he'd yeah. probably achieve that. I mean, I thought that with Ancelotti, but and and to be fair, I think Ancelotti would have won them a trophy eventually, but because it's Rafa Benitez, and because of the because of the history that he's got. He's already on the clock from day one. He's already under pressure to deliver because of because of the relationship he's got with Liverpool, it just wouldn't
4: work. He's not ben, soft Ben's though, is he, right, isn't he He's I mean, Ben's right. If if you took out the you know, the emotional bit about, you know, Liverpool and Everton, and Everton were just looking for the best manager they could possibly get, then eventually they'd end up with Benitez. I mean, they'd try Conte and all the rest of them, who probably wouldn't come. And you would end up with Benitez, and and the, the the fact that obviously they'll probably the fans hate his guts and don't want him says more about them than anything else, really. I mean, do they want the best for the club or don't they? You know. Yeah.
2: Uh, can I just sort of interject here? I don't think he's that good anymore, Rafa Benitez. Mm. I think you, you, you've seen that. I think we've seen half a decade of him three years at Newcastle, a couple of years in China, not really doing anything. Now, Like there is a 61 years old as well. Has he got a big five years in him? I'm not sure that he has. I think, I think that might be part of the reason why I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because his best days are long gone. Oh God, hundred percent. You know what I mean? No, but this is the point. And now if it was Steven Gerrard, I'd be up in arms, by the way, I'd be like, I didn't, yeah. because I think Steven Gerrard is on an upward trajectory, and I don't want him doing well for Everton, yeah. and and that tells me that I don't think Rafa is as good as he was.
1: It, no, no, I, I, and you're you're absolutely spot on, hundred percent, because I agree. Because when Ben mentioned the Gerrard stuff, I was thinking this too, and I was like, "Here's the thing: if Gerrard went to Everton, that would be saying to me he's not good enough to ever manage Liverpool, and that would therefore I would probably be okay with it. That's the point. This is the kind of thinking on this, and that's the point about it. I'm only Cool with Rafa going to Everton because Rafa's not—he's not good enough to be the Liverpool manager anymore. It's the borderline thing. We're never going to get him back, and if we get to a posi- we might get to a position down the line where we're back. We've dropped down a tier or whatever, and we could do. You know, Rafa might be a really good manager for us again. I can't see that, but you never know. But we've moved beyond. That's the only reason. I'm honestly, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of being quite like, oh yeah, oh, Rafa. Wish him all the best. If he was, if he'd just come off the back of winning the European Cup with Napoli. And then he was going to Everton. I, I might be a little bit, even then, I probably wouldn't, because Klopp's. We play a better brand of football. We've got a better manager. He's actually an, e- Rafa, he's an even better fit than Rafa, who was a <coughs> perfect fit for us at, at, at the time as well. So yeah, no, I, I think that's. It. I, mean, I think I, that is an interesting. I don't
4: thing. actually buy that Rafa's not any good anymore. I mean, who knows what the hell goes on in China, and who you know? Why would he want to put put it his heart and soul into it? But he did the best he possibly could at Newcastle. I don't think there's a manager in the world who could have got any better than what Raffa did there in the circumstances. Because that's even worse than Everton. That's a total basket case of a club. So, you know, I think he's got a lot to offer still. And um, I think he'd do really well at Everton if the fans let him. I'm not sure they will.
2: Will My thing with the Newcastle, sorry, Paul, my thing with the Newcastle is I expected it to fall apart when Steve Bruce was the manager. Because Rafa was holding that club together, and it didn't. Yeah, and I was a bit like, "Ooh, what does that say about Rafa?" Yeah, well, we said that we Steve had the- Bruce was able to do just as well with that side. Well, we
1: had this chat the other day that we Bruce got back from Rafa never, and now you can argue that then you're into the world of. Is it because Rafa is that how he is and that's why he didn't get backed and blah blah blah? No, it's because the fans revolted because they didn't want they wanted Rafa to stay and Rafa had his hand forced and was and was and was kicked out and so they had no choice but to give Bruce some backing but
2: the money that he spent, he spent a lot that didn't play very well. Oh, for god, the yeah, yeah, and, and, no, no, squad no, anyway, no, absolutely. and did just as well with the players, no, yeah. Bodies.
1: But it's, yeah, but he, you know, again, if, 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 he's, it's one of them, isn't it? You'll see, we'll see, I guess, on the, on the, but the Rafa, I agree, I think the idea that he's, he's not, he's not going to win the European Cup with the team, um, ever again, he's probably not going to get to manage a team that's that so to the point. It's not that he's not good anymore. Because there's every chance that he comes in and wins a, an FA Cup or a League Cup with Everton, or gets them European qualification. I wouldn't put. I, I could see Rafa Benitez taking an Everton side and winning the Conference League or, or winning the Europa League. Because I don't think squad wise they're miles off being competitive. And you look at what's there. Football's moved on a bit, and this is why Mourinho's fallen fallen flat on his face again. Mm-hmm. But to go and create like an environment, like a, 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 like a an us against the world mentality, Rafa's brilliant at that. Like he, lo- like a fan, he, that's why Newcastle loved him. That's why we loved them. That's why Napoli fans loved them. That's why Valencia fans loved them because he's brilliant. Chelsea, it was just it was too much. There was too much baggage. He, you could see Rafa doing something. Look at look at the managers. I can't. But look I can't at him,
2: I I can't see him doing anything with Everton squad because I think that he, he has to play in a way that Everton fans won't want. You know, remember the, the school of science um, right so, I love so that like, it, like it's
1: somehow a free flowing thing science and not a really meticulously yeah. drawn. Um, out can... so,
2: so first of all you've got the style of play which I don't think they'd enjoy to watch secondly I don't think anyone's getting it in the Capital One Cup because it's City's trophy nowadays I don't think they're good enough to win the FA Cup and I think if they want a challenge for Europe they've got to sack the cups off anyway because the squad's not good enough and big enough to do that yeah but
1: they've got money haven't they you yeah, know, but, and, he's,
2: he's... and Rafa's not spent it in six, seven, eight 7, Yeah, years yeah. going back pre Oh, Napoli, God. maybe. But, yeah, but look, so so. But, what's his track record recently? We're talking about the trophies that he could win with Everton. He's not won one in eight years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So is it is it like? Well, all right, well, we're just saying the last eight years don't count.
1: No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But that, how many of them years were in China?
2: Two. Yeah. Well, that's, that's And then know. three in in England. Yeah. And then well, he, did. he was, really was three or, three or, or four in Napoli, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't really count, does this... it? So <laughs> win the league doesn't count. Not that one. Oh, right, Because <laughs> it's devastating to your points. Right, so okay, shall You we'll also got about. the relegated ball. <laughs> to win a trophy, the lengths will go <laughs> to. This back. your points up to win a trophy. There's not many
4: managers can win trophies. And yeah. the people who do win them are at the best clubs. And Rafa's certainly not been anywhere near that top level of club yeah. for years.
1: Look at the other managers who are in that top ten in the Premier League. If Rafa was to come in. And look, I'm not again. I'm. I, I just like Rafa. I think he's good. And I don't. I don't. I don't buy into the notion that he's just shit. And he's not. And he's got <coughs> a good a chance of doing anything because he's a cup specialist. And he always has been. He's uh, the idea that he plays craft football is a bit of a is a bit of a misremembered. He, he builds from there. He makes a team solid, and then he adds good players on on top. You know, we played some brilliant football. No, under we under
2: used to win games 4-0 lot I remember Real Madrid, exactly. Manchester United. But he has to get it. there,
1: of course. You've got to earn in the right to get there. But what he does is he gets he gets good goalies, he gets good centre halves, and he's got a good solid style of play. And then he get and then when he when he's got that, if he adds the the, the sprinkle on top, you get really good footy out of Rafa. Don't think he'd last that long to get that from Everton but they actually they're not that far away they've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison who were good enough to be in a Rafa from three regardless so once again they're not, they're not a million miles away and also I don't give a shit you know what I mean I don't think they're going to challenge us which is the ultimate the ultimate point but I look at like look at the managers around that top ten like Leicester just won the FA Cup and I know Leicester have got bits and pieces, but they've just had some, they've got some smart, they've had some smart recruitment, and they've got a decent, and they've got a decent manager, and they've built towards that, and they've done okay, there's no way Everton, in two two seasons, couldn't get themselves, into a position, where they could win, silverware, it's, 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 it's it's just not, I I just
2: don't think that he would with him, I don't think he gets the two years, yeah,
1: yeah, well, that's the point, isn't
2: it? Um, fucking hell. Right, Liverpool content uh, on the Red Man podcast.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> see uh, Liverpool won 10 million for Nico. Uh, apparently, he's going to push for a move. Um, Neil Jones has said that Southampton will be front of the queue. Uh, Wolves, Leeds, Burnley, Villa, Norwich also credited with interest there. Chris will be talking to Neil Jones about that later on this week. Um, but, Dad, I felt it was a bit of a, a mad one. I mean, not. I can understand it. Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back in the world and it must be quite frustrating for anyone to sit, sit to sit underneath him. But it came out a bit like, you know, he wants to push for a move after the Euros. Kind of tainted it a bit because I've been I've been enjoying the little sprinklings of watching Nico Williams. I think there's a real player there. Um and this is not like losing Keanu Hoover. This you know, I think Nico's a, I think Nico's good enough to be in the Liverpool squad next season.
4: Yeah, I think he's quite a, a decent um, right-back. Um, and I think it would be... If you can keep him, I would keep him because you don't want to go into the season like we did last season when we were we didn't bring in enough cover for our centre-backs. To, to to go into the season with, say, Gomez, who's just coming back from injury, as our cover at right-back, or James Milner, I've heard people say. God help us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That, that 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 would just be stupid. So don't sell him unless you've got a decent replacement for him. And I, I'm, you know, Brennan is a good that's a good right back as well. But he's very young and uh, inexperienced. You know, you would you want him going into a semi final of a Champions League? You know, because Trent got picked up an injury. I'm not so sure you would. Yeah. Um, so no, keep him at all costs. But you know, if if he does go, then you know, use the money to buy another one.
1: We are. We need one of these every summer, don't we, Ben? We need to have one position in the team that we can just have an underlying level of fume about at all times. You know, social media needs to have reasons to post content. Um, and, you know bracing ourselves for a season where James Milner is nominally our second choice right back is another one of them i mean god you know this goes all the way back to milner being our first choice left back um we've had like five five years of these similar type of problems liverpool are making it clear you know in that in the briefing with all this because all the journalists are saying this that they're not looking to buy they feel they've got cover and the thing that i guess kind of made me go eh, is the idea that Joe Gomez is on the comeback trail and is now going to be back into the pool of, of right backs? Nah,
3: I, I don't. I don't get it. It's just you know we we talk about all the time. <laughs> bad. It was a it was like, Oh my god! Why? <laughs> it's just it, it's like it's like I don't. We talk all the time about how Liverpool's creativity comes from the fullbacks. So, and centre backs don't do that as much. So, if you're going to put a centre back at right back, you're losing a massive part of Liverpool. The way Liverpool play, you know, a, a, a massive weapon in, in in our arsenal. If you like, you know. So, for me, I, I think the question for for, for Nico Williams is uh, where where does he think he's going to play? As in like which club which do you think he's going to get a Premier League move and if he does and he thinks he's going to play all the time then fine but I'd argue that playing on a relatively inconsistent basis but you know if you can can get him in the cups and stuff I'd argue that playing for Liverpool at this stage of his career maybe getting 10-15 games for Liverpool over the course of the season is better for him than playing 42 games in the Championship that's my opinion right because I think he's a better, I think he's just about best. I think he's I think he's a good championship player if he was going to play every week. But I don't think I don't think he's going to gain anything from playing in the championship every week. I think he's going to be better off being around this squad. But if he thinks that he's going to be able to get a Premier League move and he's going to be able to get consistent games at a Premier League side, then I think that's a different story. But for me, I'd be saying to Nico, keep, keep with us for another season. You know, we, we've got, we've got, we've got a, I don't think 10 million is enough, basically. I don't think that 10 million to go and put that then towards another right back that's apparently better than Nico Williams and is going to be able to be a backup and is going to be happy to do the role that Nico Williams was doing. I don't think that I don't think you're going to be able to get much for that, to be honest, anymore. Um, and especially mm. not the type of right back that we want. Yeah. Nico Williams is good on the ball. He can cross a ball. I, I, I just don't. I, if we can keep holding him, I'd definitely keep holding him.
2: I would keep hold of him, uh, even if he asked. I mean, it it, it says to me that he's probably knocked on the door of Klopp's office and gone, planning on moving him into midfield anytime soon? He's gone, no, son, and he's gone... I think it's time to move on then because I'm not getting past him. Now, there's a couple of ways you can look at that, isn't there? He doesn't have the belief in himself that he can oust Trent. doesn't think that Trent might get an injury where he goes in and seizes his opportunity like Trent got into the first team over Nathaniel Clyne, by the way. And England, England's right back at the time, one of the best in the country. Trent seized his opportunity. And I'm surprised that Nico didn't look at that and think, I can get in at some point. I just need that opportunity and I can get in there. But I also like the fact that players want to play football. I'll never begrudge somebody asking to go somewhere else to play football. Yeah. I just don't think it's the right move. Well, you've right got to have the
1: right mentality to be a squad player <coughs> at Liverpool You know, it's it's a different, it's a different skill set. You can be brilliant at footy, but you've got to be able to be ready to go on a on a drop on a you know the drop of a hat. You've got to be able to be committed in training all the time, you've got to be empowered in different sorts of ways.
2: I look at him and go You're like, in the starting blocks permanently, yeah, waiting for the gun yeah, to go well, off first and and that must be on, on such a the hard, West End. You know, hard it's hard things to do. Yeah, right. Can I tell you the time to get worried? when Clock comes out and says Fabinho can play there because we've been there before like, you know what I mean like yeah. Fabinho can play right back you know lads i am like no sign someone now Ten,
1: look 10 million quid because again let's use Keanu Hoover and I think he's better than him which, so I don't think this would necessarily be. wanted have Williams problem. at the time I think Wolves yeah well look the thing is Keanu goes to Wolves gets given like the number does he get even given the, the, the shirt and then they sign Nelson Tomato the week later and Tomato is the first choice on down, down that side for, you know for a lot of that season so you don't know the Liverpool's history is littered. I always refer back to all of Sir Hughes' books are littered with football as You go. I wish I just stuck it out. I wish I would just stayed and fought and fought for it. Um, and I just wonder whether it's the way being away with the Wales and he's looking at it and going, "There's there's lads in that Welsh team who aren't playing for Premier League teams and not playing for Premier League teams. You know, or, and you might be looking at like I mean, like Joe Allen's had a, had a Premier League career." But he's playing championship football, but he's a he's a first name on the Wales team sheet, and maybe he can get himself to be Wales's first choice week in, week out, by playing and just play just playing football. He's got a better chance of doing that and being more dependable and being considered dependable on international level because these are the considerations for him. Ten if we've got ten million pounds, I think Liverpool have done really well here, Chris. I think they've I'm got out in front of this and gone. Go on, Dan.
4: The the folly for us would be making the mistake of thinking that you only need a cover at right-back for two or three games a season and the odd cup game. You know, we saw that last year, as Chris mentioned, with Fabinho. We we were all talking about, oh, well, Fabinho can come in and play the odd game as a centre-back if necessary. And he ends up playing practically the whole bloody season as centre-back. And that that could happen with our, you know, reserve right-back. He could, yeah. Trent could get it. You know, he could play Everton, and Pickford could just take his head off, and that could be the end of his season. And we we need a right back, and suddenly we're playing, you know, a a a kid or something for the season. And it's
2: also it's also seems more likely that you'd get an injury to one player and have your back play and then an injury to four fucking centre-halves before Fabinho gets thrown there. Yeah. And yet we were there, weren't we? That's what we went through. Just two
1: thoughts on this I have. Because Jamie Carragher, Ben's put forward Oxlade-Chamberlain as a potential cover situation for this. And again, I'm not saying that I'm like, OK, sound. Because Oxley Chamberlain, you know, he played wing back a bit for Arsenal, didn't he? And that was very much one of the reasons why he was open to a move. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be overly enamoured with that situation. I can understand it. that if you look at the squad, I'd much rather have Oxley. There's games where I'd, I would definitely pick Ox over Gomez at, at, at right back, and I think Gomez is a really good right back. By the way, um, you know, I think you know. There's no. It's it's fair to say you still got picked a couple of seasons ago. You're still getting picked in the big games at full-back for us, so it's not changed massively. I think it will depend on what Liverpool are looking to do, because this notion, we say it, Liverpool's creativity comes from the fullbacks. Well, what if it doesn't? What if it, what if it's not what if we, we don't need it to? What if the you know, because again we're looking at a piece of we're looking at a piece of a puzzle. We're not looking at the whole picture at the moment. What if Liverpool are are having a shift? What if they're saying it's actually not so essential anymore? I don't necessarily agree with all of this, but the Gomez thing would say, you know, go and get a right, you know, you go and get a more traditional right back. Because your creativity, you, you cause the, your right back isn't becoming the be all and end all anymore. The,
4: the only thing wrong with that is that we're going to be playing with Trent week in, week out. So we're still going to be getting the creativity from the flanks. To suddenly say he drops out and we don't need the creativity anymore, we'll change our style. Yeah, you know that. But there is no. But Nico up.
1: Williams, Nico Williams isn't that though, is he?
4: No, he's, well he, he does go forward and he does get crosses as Ben said. I think you know, he's, he's, he's more he's man. more that than Joe Gomez. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah.
1: But he's also yeah, I, not and, 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 a senior. He's not. with any of us say he's there? You know what I mean. He's not.
2: I think no, your dad's point no. was that it, it, it's clearly not something that Liverpool are planning because they're planning for Trent to be the right back. Yeah. So yeah, it's not. It's not a plan going forward yeah, to change the right back position while Trent's in the side because yeah. you just wouldn't. Yeah, but, but uh, it's, it's part part it, of building the squad, isn't it, Ben?
3: Yeah, but I'm sure they didn't plan. I'm sure they were planning for Virgil Van Dijk to be the centre back last season. You know what I mean? It just feels it feels silly to go through. It's the same midfield for me. Feels silly to go through what we went through last season and then go. Oh well, that won't happen again. When it definitely can happen again. You know what I mean? Like, and we even we even shorter at right back. Because you've got two centre backs on the pitch at all times, so you end up having more centre backs in reserve. We've only got one right back if Nico Williams go, goes. One natural right back. There's been some other kid who's probably about fifteen has been thrown into the ring yesterday. I can't even remember his name, but he's also been suggested that he's quite well liked in the academy. But you can't you can't just keep doing that. You know what I mean? You've got you've got. To, I mean, we we've signed obviously we signed Simicast on the left, didn't we? And that that's not quite worked out yet. But Robertson was fit all of last season, and and we needed him so. Fair enough, but if Robertson broke his ankle tonight playing for Scotland, then at least I'd know we'd have Costa Simikas, who's a trained senior left back. And okay, it's not ideal, but it's better than playing a kid there. You know what I mean? It yeah. just—it just seems silly to me. I, if you—if you can keep holding, him, keep holding, because he, he knows the way Liverpool play. He's attuned to the system. It just—I didn't think we'd have this headache at right back at this point in the transfer window. I thought our headaches were going to be. Getting somebody for the front three, or getting another midfield player in a junior replacement, or even sign another centre back, and now to just to throw the, another spanner into the work, you might need another the, right back as well.
1: The thing with all this, though, is that you know, as with every football club, there's a limited budget, and you can't. You've also got to move with the situation. You know, if, if Nico Williams is coming in and going, I don't want to play for you anymore, well then, you're not gonna. You're just not gonna. F- it's Nico Williams I really like Nico Williams but by and large it's going to go alright Sam well, we'll solve that we'll solve that problem because as much as we roll our eyes at Milner at right back Milner's probably still a better right back than Nico Williams probably you know what I mean he's certainly more dependable you certainly know what you're going to you're not going to get you're not you're not going to get like that Nico Williams left-footed cross to the back post that he did for K was it or something you know the, the, the last season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're not necessarily going to get that out of Milner, but you are going to get a bunch of solid games out of that. You might find that, mm-hmm. shit, that this kid has got more to his game. I, I've not seen him, so I can't I can't comment on that. It, but the, also, I'm you know, deal. there's also a degree to it. Sorry, Dad, where um, right. ten million quids. If and if Liverpool are saying he might, no one might value him at 10 million. You know what I mean? People might want to pay five for him and then you keep him anyway. You know, it's not like he's sold. And if you get 10 million, Liverpool might go, well, we can put that 10 million and go and buy something that we we actually, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, the Mbappe. I, I
4: mean, it seems to me a bit short sighted because I suspect he'll be worth a lot more money in a year or two. Uh, by which time we will have someone who's who's ready to to replace to yeah. replace him, so it it just seems to be jumping the gun a bit. He's had you know he had half a game for Wales and we suddenly think his value is at its highest. Yeah. you know that seems yeah. short sighted. I just again
2: Liverpool can get a player in for ten million who's better than Nico Williams. But the likelihood of it on a rush, because it probably isn't somewhere they'd planned for, doesn't feel like Nico Williams went in six months ago and said, I'm probably going to move on in the summer. This is broken from the Euros camp. Yeah. So this they always have their eyes on everything, don't they? But it doesn't feel like they've been searching for a backup right back because they've had a backup right back. Yeah. And then you're entering to rush territory. And I would maybe say to luck. look, we'll maybe look at January or in the summer. Yeah. But right now. You haven't given us enough time, mate. Mm. And to be honest with you, we actually don't think it's the right thing for your career either, because just sort of like what Ben was saying, he'd probably be better for staying around for another year anyway. Maybe not going uh, going going as a player.
4: Has he got a new agent? That would tell
1: you a lot. (laughs) You know, but it says to me, it says to me that Liverpool, if Liverpool are saying 10 million, then they're happy to deal at 10 million. Because you wouldn't say 10 million. And if you and every player's got a value, and there's a an degree to which I think there's a player out there, and we don't know who his name player or players, and we did this last summer, but we didn't really ever really talk about it this way, uh, is that there's probably two targets. Well, and Jamal they
2: cost, Lewis cost us. Jim, cost, I think it was twelve million. he wanted to spend ten. Yeah, there's two. You got two targets, and they're going to
1: cost. X amount of thing you've got X amount in the bank and you've got a bunch of assets and you've got and you've got and it's it's Michael Edwards sat there going how do I make £50 million I've got £10 million you with, know, and some of that will be dependent on bids so you know if if if, if, if we get £15 million <coughs> bids for Origi, Shakiri, and Wilson and Gruyich in the next before the Euros are out or the week after the Euros then you probably turn around to Nico and go nah soz Unlucky. You stay in. But look there's no way Liverpool would have been I think Liverpool would have kept Brian Brewster in an ideal situation but they wanted Thiago Alcantara and Jota and they needed to find a way to generate that money and all of a sudden here come Sheffield United knocking with 24 million quid and that's their value they've met their valuation on it and I think there's a bunch of those players that we would don't think are priorities to shift out but there are, there are probably a here's who we definitely want and here's who kind of players that we don't feel will miss too badly there's calculated gambles in everything that Liverpool do Nico Feels to us like a little bit of one of that because that's we can. I mean, that's
2: because the only difference there, sorry, John, is is that. It's all right. You're not you, you're selling your only backup right back, so you're going to have to replace him. But
1: you're not the wire, yeah. Because James Milner's your backup right back.
2: Yeah, I think you need to replace him. No, no, I'm not saying. I, I, I'm not no, I, no, I that's think, personal opinion. Uh, yeah, of course it, but, it is. But then this is what this is what football is. It's oh, all yeah. personal opinions. It's cop personal but, opinions. But, but you're, you're saying we're selling opinion.
1: our only right back. That's that's not that's not a fact. That's.
2: Yeah, okay. he's personal James Milner's not. No, 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 not a right back, he's not good enough to play right back if Liverpool, I think, want to win the league. But is he better than Nico Williams? I don't think so. Yeah. I
1: don't think so. But the point remains is that Liverpool might think that.
4: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I'm
2: saying no, he's not. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's
2: my point. Yeah. I mean, you Liverpool
4: need to is, sign a right
2: back if they sell him. Ten,
4: 10 million is good money for Nico Williams. And you know, mm. I've no doubt that, that that's good. You know, if you want, if you got ten million for him, I think you've you've done really well. But you're depleting your squad, and we yeah. all—I don't know anyone, any fan anyway—who thinks our squad good enough yet. Yeah. So to start, you know, chipping away at the edges again is stupid.
1: I was my, my point on the Milner thing. By the way, is that if they're prepared to let Milner, in, if the and because and Gomez and this other kid, then Nico Williams probably isn't as good as we think he is. Is the only way I'd look at it because we're sat here like, going what Liverpool are crazy? Liverpool aren't. They're not, though, are they? You know what I mean? Is that uh, there's probably there's probably we're probably slightly better off than we think we are because I again I can't imagine they were massively but we're sitting off the back of the
2: season where we let Dejan Lovren go and everyone was going, "Don't let Dejan Lovren go without replacing
1: oh, him." Oh yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah it's not that's
4: like that's for being, making a yeah. mistake.
1: You know? Oh, God. Oh, no, 100%. And the, but again, it, it's from a position of anxiety rather than the anxiety and unknowns. Um, and, and again, and it's, and to it's not about like the leave. chip
2: in the squad away. We've still got a midfielder to replace. Yeah. yeah. You know, without uh, Genie Wijnaldum, 51 games, we've spoken about it enough times. You've lost a midfielder, you're potentially losing a right back. The, now, Liverpool might have it all under control. They might have bids already accepted and they might be talking to players. But right now, we don't know that. Exactly. So for, so for where we are right now, it looks crazy to me.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and again, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I think it's... A, I, I don't agree that it's a good idea to sell Nico Williams. But I, what I'm saying is we're doing it already. We've just said, prepare ourselves for everyone to fume for weeks and weeks over this right-back thing. And we've all just gone, Aah! for like, it's like, mm. oh, just fine. It'll probably be fine. Again, because let's be honest, it's... Again, to put it down, I like Nico. I do, I think, he's, I think he's a really, really good footballer. I'd love to see him fulfill his potential at Liverpool, but I've seen, again, on the scale of things, I thought letting Rhian Bruce to go was crazy, crazy, because what a talent he was, what an absolute amazing talent, and didn't score a Premier League goal last season, and we
4: bought other people. It begins to look like they said, "Oh, we've got Kanate in now. We can let you know. We can let Nico Williams go because we've got a defender in." I mean, it's just so short But it's not.
1: But I just don't think it's that at all. Again, again, because it's not like Liverpool are letting him go. Liverpool, he wants to go, and Liverpool have set a valuation. Liverpool have said ten million pounds for a lad who's played a handful of senior games for us in the in in the Premier League, and of course, is getting in the in the Wales squad or whatever. It's not like they've not gone eat, have haven't for free, or yeah, so, you know, people say. So people, when, there's people saying, sorry, yeah, but there's people saying, send them out on loan for a year. <laughs> well, I like, got a second.
2: Like, no, no, that doesn't work
1: exactly. Right? You know what I mean? But we, I, but, but most of us would probably actually say, actually, no, do send them out on loan for a year. Well, that's worse because well, that doesn't when, stop. But
4: you wouldn't say that oof. when Suarez wanted to go or when Coutinho wanted to go. You didn't say we've had a bid for him, so you know we've set a price. Let's let them go. Yeah. The club have the right to say sorry, Nico. We actually don't think it's a good time for the club for you to leave. Oh yeah, maybe next year or the year after.
1: But that's but again, what, that's my point. Is that if they're not saying, saying that they're and they're publicly briefing, they they're go briefing go journalists. No, but they're no. briefing journalists. They're briefing journalists that he's got a ten million price instead of going sorry, he's not for sale. Why?
2: Because he's asked. I don't know. And Klopp said okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because Klopp's done that before when yeah. players have wanted to go. So why are we asked? Well, Because it's not the right we move for the someone club. Else into no, a no, because yeah. it's not the right move no, no, for the no, club no, no, Because no. Klopp's a humanist at heart and wants to do the players right. Yeah. So if Klopp, I think yeah, Klopp yeah, will Lovren make mistakes so in letting players there. go because yeah. he wants to be a nice person to you. But he kept
1: Lovren for a season more. He he, 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 he should have he, kept, kept him for two, two years more. No, 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 no. True enough, true
2: enough.
1: No, no, absolutely. But what my point is on that is that if he wanted Nico to stay... If Jurgen Klopp goes to Nico Williams, no, mate. I need, I want you to stay. You need to stay. He was Woods. Again, my point is, we're making. I think we're just making loads more of this than we than we need to. But it's been a lovely, it's been a lovely talking point of something to get him passionate about <laughs> on a random Tuesday in June. Um, getting fuming about a twenty-year-old fucking fullback who's done nothing for us. Um, great. Um, Who you really like put some respect on James Milner's name, you fucking mince bags. Um, right. Um. <laughs> On on that and Nicko, with this, I think it feeds into a little bit I wanted to chat about, which is going to be the major talking points of the podcast, as evidenced by the title and thumbnail. But we're going to have to do very very quickly now. Um, the, 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 normally, we talk about the problems of shopping at major tournaments, and you see players. You know, we had this last week when we were going, "Well, who would you who would you like? Who if you like?" Everyone's going, "Calvin Phillips is that even his name? The the England midfielder with from from Leeds with the weird haircut." And everyone was like, "Oh yeah, he's amazing." And then he was shite against Scotland, and everyone stopped talking about him. I think there's a possibility here, Chris, and, and maybe Nico's part of this, um, but Shaqiri stands out to me. He scored two wonderful goals for, for Switzerland against Turkey and how I really I wonder whether we're going to flip this on a red. So we're not going to have a Diof Dio style situation, but I'm hoping everyone else is thick and just gets dead excited. And, and I'm hoping there's a ton of Premier League teams from 8th to 20th in the Premier League and maybe top five at the Championship or whatever they've gone. Ooh, that Chikiri looks good. Oh, imagine what he could bring to us. But,
2: but Chikiri is good. It's yeah. just not a good fit. It's just not that's, good the, for us. that's the problem. He's been that one man. He's been the. He's been the focal point of a team before. We saw it at Stoke, he was brilliant there, and he's brilliant mm. for Switzerland. He's now scored their most. Goals in a major tournament ever with seven or something. Where I think you know at one point during the game it was obviously six shared with somebody. So so Shakiri can do it, and Shakiri's a really good player. And like he got gets an assist as well in this tournament so far and stuff like that. There's going to be loads of players out there who got loads of managers out there go yeah, I want him in my side because he's a good player, not because they're duped. But I think when we come on to some of the other players, you can be duped. But Shakiri, for me is a good player.
1: Yeah, but it's funny um, Ben because it, it. I get the Genie 1 album comparisons. Actually quite funny. I've not seen anyone really saying this, but everyone's just waxing lyrical about Genie 1 They should do. his great. I love Genie. But he's another example of that. He's like. When you like, you have a team almost built around. You don't think the Dutch team is quite built around Genie, but he does play a much more central, important role for that team than he ever did for Liverpool. In you know, in an attacking sense. But again, look at him; he's playing. He's playing more of a ten for the Dutch. Sure, gets to do that for for the Swiss and gets to impress on the national stage. Um, I just, think, I just find it. You know, I, I, there's there's going to be tons I say there's loads of eyes on these players. It's just a shame. Between <coughs> when Alvin didn't have a year left on his contract, because we'd be getting fifty million for him this summer. I think if we still had him for yeah. this. Time.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I was thinking about it the other way because I think people seem to be, obviously, they've maybe not watched a lot of Holland. And I, I'm not saying that I sit and watch every Holland game, but I think as Liverpool fans, we were already aware of this. We were already aware of what role he plays for the national team, and now obviously because they didn't, because they, they didn't, because they didn't qualify for the World Cup, obviously people had missed that opportunity to see him do that, and now they're going oh, well, look at this, I, and everybody's shocked and we're a little bit like, yeah, no, I, I was already aware that he could do that. And obviously, it's not like he's been wasted on the clock for all, for all these years. I think he's been very, very good in that role. And, we, you know, we've talked about the way that Liverpool get their goals and creativity. It, Liverpool's midfield isn't known for the creativity necessarily. You know, that we've got some creative players, but in um, Chamberlain and Cater, sorry, excuse me, um, in Chamberlain and Cato, we've not seen that as much from them because of the injuries and stuff. So Liverpool's Liverpool's midfield has been very, you know, workhorse-like, and that's what Genie's been asked to do, and he's done it very, very well. Now he's gone to a tournament; he's been asked to play a different role, and he can play that. But if he'd been put right back for the Netherlands and done that. Really well, we all we wouldn't be sat here going, Oh, well, why isn't Klopp using him as a right back all this time? It's just someone just I doing might be actually at this point, yeah. Nico's gonna be getting <laughs> thrown out the door.
2: Samuel, you, why do you give contact contract to Wayne Haldeman throw him there?
3: Yeah. So there, so there you go. So yeah, there's a few players out there. I think Alden's one of them. Obviously, we, we, he's not he's not going to be a target for us. You know, he's he's you know he's he's moved on. He's made a decision. But like Gosens for Germany, um, Locatelli for Italy, Dumfries for the Netherlands is another one. These are all players that we've already been aware of. But you know, in such tournaments, did you have a track record of um of of you know giving players their their big break? You know, I remember yeah. J- James Rodriguez watching him score that. Stunner for Columbia in twenty fourteen. He's gone on and had a, basically he's had a good career off the back of that goal, off that, back, off the back of that tournament. It happens.
1: Yeah. I think the Gini Van Alden point's perfect. Actually, that the Ben makes there of like it's like everyone does. Everyone becomes like football scouts at major tournaments. Like no one else is watching these things. Like you've got to, It's our, It's your own individual eye for talent. Oh, I've spotted this lad. Spot and and we all do it. We can't help but do There are shining lights in tournaments. Um, And you see, but there's loads of examples where, you know, I'm sure there's examples where it works out really well, but there's also tons of examples where lads do just shine on those stages, but never quite, quite cut it when you bring them to your own football club.
4: Absolutely. I mean, James Rodriguez is a standout one for me as well, because he was absolutely fabulous in that tournament. And then his problem was that he went to a club who were probably too big for him. Real Madrid just didn't want to play him. Uh, And if he'd come and played every week, he might well have had a better career. And not ended up at Evans. Um, I mean, we all we all remember, <laughs> you, we all remember you. from Yao, don't we? I mean, I'm I'm not sure that they weren't scouted long before the tournament, but they actually did stand out in the tournament as being brilliant, and then came to Liverpool and weren't. Yeah. So you know, it's it's fraught with danger. As, I mean, as for Ginny, he scored goals for every club he played for, and be, and he'll probably score goals. You know for Paris Saint-Germain. It's just that we didn't want to play him that way. And the the, the big loss for us is is a player who played every game.
1: Yeah, we're crying. Really? We're not crying for that Genie one We're crying for the Genie Wan who because he plays fifty games a season. Yeah. None of us is really... I mean, we are. We're, more, I don't want the ten.
2: Genie you know, I want? My old yeah, Genie one exactly,
1: the There's no point of that Genie one because it doesn't fit. <clears throat> it's diff- again, it's mad because we forget this sometimes. But it's the different levels. International footy is not as good as Premier League football. It's not. It's just not, and as evidenced by Jeannie Van Allen's performances and by Shaqiri's performances, both good footballers. And this might seem like I'm somehow down. I'm not the the brilliant, the good enough to play for one of the best footballers on the planet, <coughs> for Liverpool. And Jeannie's moving on to another one of the big the big clubs, etc. It, it's but it's but it's different, and that's what the problem is. I mean, you see this. Look at Gareth Bale for God's sake. Gareth Bale's been world class for a long time. Look, I'm playing for Wales. Oh my God, he's tearing around, he's fighting for everything, and he's giving an actual shit about playing football. Doesn't, but he doesn't do that he doesn't do that during the season remember Eden Hazard had an entire season of being awful for Chelsea until he then got to the, the last end when he came to Anfield and tore us apart and then gets himself just good enough so we can go and be at that level for international tournaments football is just yeah it, it, it's it, just
2: so much more detailed I think in like Premier League and Serie A and all that type of stuff you mean the scouting that goes into it the game plans that go into it the work on the training ground you you you're reliant more on talent in international tournaments and that's where the talented players always shine yeah. but for every Shakiri for every sort of Gareth Bale in this tournament and other lads that go on and play really well for the country there's the Stephen Gerrards that don't yeah. you know and, and who are better players than and all of the ones that I've mentioned who the system might not have worked for on the international level, you know, and, and and they're the players that I'm more interested in. Mm-hmm. They're the ones where you go, actually, what a great club player. Why couldn't he do it there? Why couldn't he do it in those international tournaments? Because the manager, they didn't get the best out of him. They don't have the time on the training ground and all that type of stuff. So it's a mad thing. There's loads of players who are amazing, who just don't play well at the international tournaments. It's I mean, I mean, so different. It's,
4: sorry, go on, Dad. Sorry, I was going to say, it's, it's summed up for me, the, the difference between... You know, club football and international football is that Gareth Bale, as part of a team, is terrific. When he's carrying Wales, if he's not terrific, then it really stands out like a sore thumb. And when he missed that set the other day, which would have got them a point in Italy, you know, it it just every, the whole world seemed to open up before him. I mean, it was just, you know, that. If your superstar can't do it when you need him to, then, you know, what's the point? Whereas when he's in a club, it's not just him. You know, it's, it's a yeah. lot of talented footballers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A great Chelsea had actually brought up from Broccoli Pasta in the comments saying, Oi, Renato Sanchez is the replacement for Genie. Renato, I, like, I was watching was watching He was brilliant. But I was like, "Oh my god! Like, here's another example of one? People he will probably get a bit finally get that a, a big. Money. I don't even know. Is he still a? Is he still a Bayern? I, I've like I've lost track of his. No, career. Is, it, is it Leo? I'm pretty sure is it's Leo. Well, it, it's well, mad. He's just isn't the it, Danny, well, yeah, man. it's mad, isn't it? Now you have players who, who they, they, they come up and then they disappear and they come up. And, you know, he was he was available for loan for like two years from from Bayern Munich when we were linked with him. and then. Now you come on and have a good... Yeah, it's funny. Very interesting stuff, anyway. I just want to say welcome aboard to Stuart Macy, who's joined as a 1st teamer here, as a member here on YouTube. Thank you so much, Stuart. Uh, You get access to the custom votes in the live streams. Uh, And Connor S, um, with the Super Chat in Everton not wanting a top manager, says it all. It does, really, doesn't it? Um, For those of you wondering, actually, YouTube members, uh, if you are Tier 2 or Tier 3, which is Coltero, Wonder Kid and Coltero, you get one extra bonus show from us each and every week, which, uh, throughout the summer is the Reds transfer roundup show. 45 minutes to 60 minutes talking through more in-depth and detail about all of Liverpool's transfers and big talking points of the week. A bit like what we've just done there, um, but more of it. Uh, you get that as your bonus show. So if you want that, do If you want that, plus all of the content that we do, then make sure you head over to uh, TheRedmenTV.com. Uh, right, we just got uh, one more bit to go of the show. We're going to take a very, very short break as well. Um, because episode three of the Jordan Henderson documentary series is out this week. Have a little look
2: at this. He looked gone. He looked totally and utterly finished in the game. Playing through serious pain in that.
4: So we created that night the phrase, it's just pain.
2: I don't think we'll see a goal like it again. It's still great to think about now.
5: I cannot watch that until today without crying. There wasn't a lot said because we were both crying quite a bit and that's all the that tears back at certain points. Yeah! A
1: night I will never forget in my life.
5: To give a special trophy to a special guy, a special football club, it doesn't get much better, does it?
1: yes 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 the third and final part of our jordan henderson documentary series is out uh, streaming to all <coughs> subscribers on the redmen tv.com from wednesday uh, it should be on early release for club legends tonight as well if you're over there so that'd be great um just brilliant just want to get out uh, just briefly from everyone um particularly chris so i know obviously caught up with everything now i i'm like beyond made up now i know i've had a contributing hand in this you you've been very hands-off on all of this um, what's your favourite bit so far?
2: I I think well I loved episode one because I learned more in episode one about him and then I'd learned in the other two, but some of the insight in episode three from Prince Alexander Arnold, like for me, I've I've kind of walked away with the star of the show each time and Trent Alexander-Arnold, for me, stole the show big time in episode three. It was so funny, there was so much insight into the dressing room, and into the person that Henderson is today. And it's funny because you glimpse it, Like we've been lucky enough to interview Jordan a few times over the years, and we've done quite a lot of stuff with him, um, all told. And you glimpse it, and you wonder, I think that's what he's a bit like, and I think this, but having someone inside the dressing room tell you that that's what he's like, even just drawing on his own experiences from going to the World Cup and not having any mates there, you know, and Henderson being there and them training because he'd been to the Champions League final on the road, and then starting to get more than a professional relationship and all that type of stuff. It was just brilliant. And like Kenny, the the view from the outside, him talking about it, some cutting lines from Kenny like just kills off everybody with with one line, doesn't he? So there, then, and actually, what surprised me probably was Southgate. I think talking about Jordan and and talking about your club. And, yeah. and how he how he perceives Liverpool in the same way that I do except I love it and he talks about it as your club. so there was loads to pull from it but I think the biggest credit I can give to shy si and Ben and, and yourself is. Until your face cropped up, I kept forgetting I was watching a Red Men doc. Yeah. Like, because I, you know, I was watching it before it goes live, make sure there's no errors and stuff like that. And I just found myself completely lost in it. That I wasn't thinking about picking my phone up. I wasn't thinking about what I was doing or anything else in life around it. And then I'd be like, "Oh, there's Paul, right? Shit, yeah, I'm watching a Red Men doc. Mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant.
1: Yeah, um, Dad, you've I think you've watched the you fir- you've watched the first one, maybe two, one and a half." One and a
4: half. What half. What'd you been your best bit so get, far? I had trouble getting <coughs> getting my sneak preview of the second one, so I was delayed watching that <laughs> So I haven't finished that one yet. What I like is that I'm, I'm fascinated by the journey of, of kids who play football and are good. I mean, I went to school with um, Mike Lyons, or Mick Lyons as he's known these days, who became captain of Everton he was the best football i'd ever seen in my life from 10 years onwards he was just astonishingly good he was the best cricketer he's the best athlete he was just brilliant and he went and became captain of Everton, but he couldn't get a cap for england yeah the best football i'd ever seen was not that good in terms of the talent that you know plays in the top level of football these days jordan henderson you know, the journey from how he gets from this little kid in Sunderland and how single-minded he is, not just to be talented, but to use that talent to drive himself on to the top echelons of, of Premier League football. That You know, it's so fascinating. It, it's, it, and the documentary, certainly the first one, shows an awful lot of what drove him on, even as a kid. You know, he had that determination and he stood out for his strength of character not just his talent. And it can't just be talent, it has to be something else. And it starts to show that. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops.
1: Yeah, and Ben, obviously, Chris mentioned the Southgate stuff. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I think that's the one thing I've actually got. It's funny when everyone's losing their heads because I'm quite, you know, we've said this before, I'm quite England, like, indifferent, to be honest. I'm I'm happy for people to be totally bought into it, but I'm not totally bought into it myself, so that's that's fine. But seeing people slaughter in Southgate, I've actually got loads more time for him because he was just, he's, he's clearly such an intelligent fella, and he clearly gets it, he clearly understands... <coughs> country, Liverpool, football, culture, all of those sorts of things, it comes across really well.
3: Yeah, and I think he makes an effort to do that. I mean, I I, I think, I, you know, I, I think that people are giving Southgate a hard rap, to be honest. I, th- I, th- I think he—I think he's, so far, I think he's doing okay. And I think actually on a human level, he's one of the best ambassadors for the country and for the national team that we, that we need at the moment. I mean, I read his open letter for the Players' Tribune last week, that was really really well written and he does get it and I think he makes an effort he says and he's in the full interview that you know I'm not quite sure when that's being released but he talks about kind of the frosty relationship between Liverpool and, and England and he has an awareness of that and he and he, he made he went, he went out of his way to comment on that and he clearly goes out of his way to have an understanding of that and and understand what that is and I think I think he does get it and I, I, I think he's I think he's a fantastic guy. And I think he spoke really well and I think he gave some really good insight into what Jordan's like as a person. Um, we spoke to him around the time that the Super League was going on and he, he made comments about how Jordan, you know, he said, he said Jordan's just a player with those kind of issues that just sees the bigger picture. Um, you know, and he, he, I think he said, he said um, a lot of captains, I think, he said a lot of captains, I think, want to go and do the things that Jordan does, but you, sometimes you need somebody to just go and do it and Jordan does do that. Um, And I think, you know, as I say, I think I said this last week, everybody's just had so much time to speak about him and and want to talk about him and Southgate was, I think, one of the main ones with that because it's really difficult to get an interview with the England manager. But from what I'm led to believe, Southgate was just asked and he went, yeah, all right, because he wants to talk about Jordan Henderson and I think that sums it up.
1: Well, exactly. And that's the thing. We had it the same. Jürgen, no problem. Stevie, no problem. Cara, no problem. Kenny, no problem, mad. and you know. And again, we live in a world where we we ask these people for things. We do. We try. We try for various things, and most of them go. I'm sorry, I'm busy, or or I can't, you know, or just no, a lot of the time. Even there's even people who aren't in it, who said yes, but we just couldn't. The, the schedule didn't work for it. Like Brendan Rodgers is a good example. Brendan, unfortunately, we just couldn't get Brendan Rodgers in time for it. Um, so yeah fascinating stuff and yeah you're not unlike anywhere else I know LFC TV did something uh, on the, on his 10 year anniversary but even the guys behind the LFC TV want message to say like theirs is nowhere near the, the depth and scale of what we've managed to put together so if you need something to keep you going uh, the first episode is free on YouTube right now if you just want to preview that if you've not seen it already episodes 2 and 3 are exclusive to our streaming platform the uh, theredmentv.com it's like a little bit of a Netflix for Liverpool fans um, but yeah the first episode is like 45 minutes the second one's an hour 15 and the third one's 19 Minutes. There's a lot in there, and just spoilers. There's a lot of silverware in episode three.
2: That was the thing, you know, because I have like 30 minutes in, and I'm like. Oh, we've got a lot of silverware still to win here. I'm like, how much is left an hour? And I was like, yes, an hour of talking about Liverpool winning trophies. Go on to Madrid stuff because
1: obviously Madrid's in there, and it feels like oh, you could wrap it up at Madrid. And it's like, oh God, we won the league as well, didn't we? we still got the whole league, the league to go, and you get to that, and I know this season was a bit shit, but you still got this. It's yeah, it that, really. That reminds
2: been. me of probably my favourite line in all of it is Trent talking about the Premier League season yeah. how, and how you know the, the form never drop off and he kind of catches himself that he realises he's talking to a fan and goes you know not like this season with yeah. fucking shit
1: so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like it's very very open from brilliant, brilliant chat and insights. and as I say look I know there's a bunch of people who say is it, not, is it coming out on YouTube it's not coming out on YouTube because obviously we're trying to make sure that we build something proper and we're not able to do this on, on YouTube look the simple fact of the matter is there are those people who do brilliant things on YouTube and we love our you know we love our YouTube platform it's great um, but it just doesn't there's a reason these things aren't on YouTube is because YouTube does not deliver the, the, the ability to fund these kind of things so we're going above and beyond and we, to be honest we always have so we've got bonus content bonus material just like these kind of shows more of this stuff if you want more of this stuff more Men TV uh, but we've also got a full suite of Liverpool um, content interviews features documentaries feature length documentaries, documentary series tons of them loads and now to keep you entertained and give you more and get you more versed in Liverpool culture and all those kind of things so yeah if you on Netflix for Liverpool fans, then go and sign up to the RedmanTV.com and get episode three for everyone uh, on Wednesday. But also, yeah, f- uh, streaming early for Club Legend subscribers from tonight as well. So, yeah, that would be absolutely wonderful, uh, gents. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure. Far more in depth and heated than I ever expected to get uh, over Rafa Benitez and Nico Williams in 2021 during the summer transfer break. Um, but here we go. More to come from us. Uh, check back for the podcast next week. Check out the Hendo Doc. We love you guys, and we'll see you.